Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It's a young person having a technical problem. Oh, here we go. That made us jump. <laughs> she couldn't get it going, could she? She couldn't get it going for a minute. Daisy, we lost faith in Daisy the well, producer. She, she had a technical problem and she's under 30. She's not, actually. She's older than she <laughs> looks. Is she, older, is she older yeah, than she 30? Are. Bitterly then, remembering when she was in her 30s. Long time ago for us, she's eh? She's young. She's young, that's the point. Um, It's been a difficult day for me already, Judith. Oh, wait, it's so, what do you mean day? a difficult day? It's only half past 12. Yeah, well, you didn't have to try and get from Denmark Hill to Clapham Junction. No, Clapham I came Junction from Oxford, to... but oh, yes, yes, anyway. Your journey yes, is right. harder than mine. But all the trains were... I was going to say up the junction, but they weren't going up the <laughs> junction. They were stopping at Battersea. And I thought, what am I going to do? Well, and so I got Jeff to bring me to the door. <gasps> oh, wait a minute. What do you mean you got to the station and you found out that the trains weren't yes, working? And you Judith. had to go all the way home to no, get I, Jeff. No, I phoned Jeff and I said... <gasps> Did you? I said, I'm stranded, Jeff. Stranded. That I was a strong word, wasn't it? Stranded was a strong but word. I knew that he had um, in the back of our car yeah. this wicker chair that needed some re-wicker working. So he was taking that up this neck of the woods. You put, two, near, you put, put two, two and two, two together. together, did you yeah. really? And I summed him back. He was already at the Oval. Now, for those of you who don't live in London, this won't make any geographical sense, but may I just say that the old man came back and fetched me. from. He came, did a round trip, a 40-minute round trip to come pick me up. That's love, isn't it? That <laughs> is love. Mind the you, fool. he was doing an errand at the same time. He was time. doing an errand at the same time. We're back from our holidays, Judy. We are. Now, you, I, you, I confused. <laughs> I got confused about where you went because you've got two French trips. And I, know, I think that's you just ticked greedy, off. isn't it? That is a bit greedy. In fact, I don't really, I mean, it's... Are you sick of holidays? <laughs> Truthfully, honest engine here. Are you dreading packing again? Well, it's so bad, actually, this time, because I've only had a week in between them. I mean, how must we sound, for God's sake? Spoiled. (laughs) Spoiled. It's just the way it's happened. To tell you why it is, it's because the girls suddenly said, oh, we'd quite like to go on an autumn holiday. And so we all, so, so Mike and I just said, oh, OK, OK, OK. They won't Eva. see us. They, they still oh, love us. It's exactly. So, it's you pathetic, know, it, it is pathetic. So that's, that's why it's happened. It's so bad at the moment that I haven't really properly unpacked and, un, and processed everything back into its sort of proper place. It's very you know tricky. what I mean? Yeah, but you're going back to the same place. Well, not quite the not same place. You're going to, back to France. Yes, like, see, I don't really similar. like France that much. Why? Well, I just think it's a bit... Well, the south of France just gets on my tits. I oh, can't what, you mean stand the coastal bit and all that. Oh, yeah. absolutely ugly, with ugly, you. Ugly, pointless, ugly, uh, yes. expensive, too much overrated. Traffic. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Just ride it off, everybody. Yeah. yeah, just don't bother. Don't bother with that no. dump. Yeah, yeah, but there's a lot of other bits of France. Quite big, isn't it? Apparently, France. it's certainly very, very so big. So, did you do the Dordogne? No, wait a minute. What do you like about France? Oh, I don't. <sighs> Don't know. I guess it's irrational. I've been to Paris a couple of times and I ne- have never really got it. 
and I, I will have to go again. Jeff loves it. How very Phoebe strange. loves it. They go together. I just don't. Do they? You're left it. out, but you don't mind don't being mind left that. out. No, I don't mind I'm, that. Well, I'm, I'm surprised. But what? anyway, well, well, okay, so let me just throw in. Um, there you are writing off France, but one of my favourite things about going to France is that they have a version of coleslaw, which is extremely <gasps> lovely. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm back on France. <laughs> what are we putting it's in? It's called Celery Roumoulade. Oh, Celery Roumoulade. Yes. yes. My sister's yes. a big... She makes that. She makes it by she, the vatful. Oh, does she? Oh, yes. She's oh. big on that. Yes, and then she's one of those women. Do you have friends like this? I love my sister, but, you know, she gets my tits as well. Her and the trains to... <laughs> Clapham Junction. When yeah. she does a dish, yeah. she always introduces it at the table like it's a person. Oh, does she? Does she? Go on, tell, well, do me does, a thing. Well, she does. If she's if it's a lamb, does she go? Yes. This is lamb from uh, the Welsh valleys or oh, whatever. Oh, and I really... have done it in a like she's like oh, in a restaurant, like a like posh, pay her. like a really posh. Yes. This Gosh. is a celeriac remoulade, which I have made with a mixture of yogurt and homemade mayonnaise. Good heavens. Does she say that if it's like beans on toast or well, macaroni uh, cheese? Probably, yes, yeah, she would. Yeah, she, oh, this strange. is beans in a tomato jus. Mm. Mind you, it makes you sit up, doesn't it? Probably means that you say, oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's no, well, I, my Good. sister's food, never enough colour on the plate. Oh. I once went round her house. I had the worst lunch <laughs> I've ever had. Because <laughs> like, she's mean, our Sarah. She's mean. Right. I don't care if she's listening to this. <laughs> I went round to her house. I had some fizzy... You know when hummus has gone a bit fizzy oh, when it's three days over? Oh, I do. Uh, and it, all she had was this hummus and a cauliflower. The cauliflower had gone off, so she just chopped <laughs> the, the sort of brown bits off the cauliflower. Oh. And we dipped this limp cauliflower into a fizzy hummus dip. And it was an entirely white... And there was some stale pitta. And I looked at my plate. I thought, that's the most depressing plate of food because it was all white. Or slightly off-white. Yeah. Would it have been worse, though, or better if she'd put some garnish on? to make it look like it was kind of she'd put some work into it I think I think it'd been worse wouldn't it that I does I don't know it was an yeah. awe I think yeah. of that lunch sometimes do you and, yeah, do and you? I just think you know what are my ten worst <laughs> meals and that's up there that's up there yeah is it really? anyway yeah. so she makes celery roumoulade celeriac which you, which you can't it's not pronounce it's celery it's celeriac it is well I know it's celeriac but it, no but in the supermarket in the supermarket it says celery roumoulade. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very it's much. Very, it's very nice. I, I like it. it. I love yes. it. Why don't they sell it in Sainsbury's or Waitrose? It's mystifying. But you go to most gastro pubs in London a couple of years ago. It's a bit two years gone, actually. Too, yeah, I just knew you, you were going to put me yeah. in my place. There. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, it's probably just coming to Oxford now. Yeah. You'll be, you know. <laughs> what did you do in the Dordogne? The Dordogne. Um, well, I sort of. I've got this friend and she's she's kind of a bit like a queen's guide. You mm. know, she's very, very outdoors and very oh, capable. God, I, I mean, can't stand her. <laughs> I, I, I don't like, I, I, I like her less than Patty. And you know how I feel about Patty. I've got issues with Patty from the village. But this this Queen's Guide, God. no, you wouldn't get on. You actually yeah, wouldn't get yeah. on. In fact, so much I so really I wouldn't fight. I wouldn't there. invite you round at the same place oh, at brilliant. the same time. Okay. No. So she's a Queen's What's Guide. She she's an ex GP. She's called okay. Jane. Oh, she's an ex GP. I like um, her. Oh yeah. Now, <laughs> ah, you see, yeah, you got, see, she's right. got a lot of redeeming features yeah. now. All of a sudden, she's just you know, if I'm ever on a desert island, I need to be next to Jane. She's just brilliant. She she knows about science. She knows about art. She knows about opera. She can light fires outside. She just and she can canoe and she can sail and everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can she ride a horse? Oh, probably. Probably. Can she stand on a horse on one foot? Oh, don't be stupid now. <laughs> don't Just, be silly. I'm, I'm slightly jealous of Jane. <laughs> 
Okay. And uh, anyway, she's got this house in the Dordogne. Yeah. And is it's it a kind of um, yes, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But she, it's 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 kind of like the most simple sort of primitive holiday house because it's kind of built into this cliff face. Is it a bit damp, Judith? Well. I think if you went early in the season, it might be a bit oh, dumb. Yeah, but I can you, feel you know, it's, it's yeah, making yeah. my bone chill to the bone now. But it's got a fabulous view. And anyway, so what we did is we, we sort of played Famous Five games, really. And I yeah, went in a canoe I yeah, I with her. All this, yeah. <laughs> you know, my sister does that. She kayaks. I'd like to see them together because they'd yes, probably, yeah. I, th- I think they'd yeah. have a lot in common, it sounds like to me. Anyway, so oh, it was great being in the front of a canoe. You see, because I could, I could relax. I could hear the rushing water coming towards us. And instead of, if I'd been in charge of the fucking thing, thinking, oh, my God, which way am I going to put the oar in yeah. so I don't go down it backwards? She, she, she was great. She'd say things like, OK, now, Judith, what we're looking for here is you see that there's the way that the water's lapping there. That you're going to avoid She's that. really bossy, she? She, she? <laughs> she kind of talked me through it, you know. OK, we're going to go to the right now. We're going to aim for that V, you know. And you saw all these other people getting it wrong, going down backwards. And we just sail through. Yeah, but did she teach you how to roll, you know, if the canoe turns? Oh, oh good heavens, no. I wouldn't like that. Yes, no, but it happens, Judith. Oh, no, I, I More can't do that. More people die in canoes and on, in kayaks than anything else. You just made that up. It's the most dangerous thing you can do. White, it's like white water rafting. Well, it wasn't that rough, Jenny. Okay, you're on a river, okay? Yeah, I know, I know. Well, you see, I have control issues right from the word go. Yeah. But interestingly, with Jane, Queen's Guide, in charge... I, thought, I, you know, was, I loved it. I loved it. Okay, so you let her take charge. I did. Yeah, I know. Which that is must very have felt unlike very me. Strange. It did. It did. Not of the lunch. I was in charge of, you know, the sandwiches. <laughs> did you pack sandwiches all the time? Oh, we did a lot of packed lunch. Yes, of course we did. We went cycling with our sandwiches, and we did. Yeah, so we did canoeing. I hate this holiday. <laughs> I hate every inch of it. I can see, I really and we do. did. Yeah, we did. We did a skinny dip one one night with the with the moonlight, and we had a fire that. fire on the beach. Enough. We had to go and get all the firewood first. I saw that picture. Oh, saw yeah. that picture. You oh, put yeah. it on your Twitter. I don't think you knew how far down that picture went because it went <laughs> it went all the way to your gusset and beyond. <laughs> And what it was a brave stance, Judith, and you it were was. over. You were sort of it was little elements of Lord of the Flies about <laughs> it. Well, Judith was in an Airtex top. Was it an Airtex top? It was a bit like that, and actually. A, yes, a, a pair, big of pair of white, pants, white cotton white pants. You could white just see the niggers. see the shadow, a bit of your pubes. I hadn't realised that because it was dark. I think when Jane took that photo, and yeah, I tweeted there might have been a flash. And you just, yeah, 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 and there was the glow was of the it? fire. You couldn't honestly, say you could, could see you? the shadow. Could you really? Of, of, of a, a scant amount I'm of. I'm sorry hair about that. I am sorry about a that. A little funnel of. He couldn't. You look great, actually. It did look like you were having I a... I loved it. OK. I but... wanted to be in the Favours Five when I was little. Oh, I didn't. I hated them all. I well, you're, you, but you see, you're much brighter than me and much more... I'm not brighter, but well, I'm more indoorsy. You see, my version was. of that, you're indoorsy. More. Oh, indoorsy, yes. yes. My version of that. So yours was the Famous Five, or yes. going out and adventuring. Yes. Yes. Mine was the Swish of the Curtain. Did you read those? Pamela Brown, she read, the, the first one was called The Swisher. The, was, Pamela Brown was a very young woman. She started writing when she was, she actually started writing The Swisher of the Curtain when she was 14. Golly. And it was all, these books were all published by the time she was about 17, 18. So 
they were called the Blue Door Theatre Company. It was a gang of middle-class children, right, who all lived down the same street. It was so exciting. And they found a disused um, chapel and they broke in and they founded their own theatre company. And one of them was good at sewing, so she made the theatre curtains and all the costumes. And one of them was good at this and one of them was good at that. And then Maddie, who was the youngest and a bit plump and she had plaits and she was very friendly. <laughs> she was hilarious. And I have ne- that was the first time I read a book where I thought, well, that's me. So wait a minute. So so I was wanting to be the famous five, and you were wanting to be, to be in the Swish of the Curtain. Yes. Well, what? Okay. It was yes, just like an arty version of the famous five. Yeah, it but seems a better version. A <laughs> better version. Dog-free version. And uh, yeah, <laughs> treasure-free. And, yeah, there was a. The, I'm just trying to think whether there was. I bet there treasure. was some treasure. I bet there, there was might, some there treasure. Might in there might have been an instant where, and there was a, there was a bishop, and there was a posh woman called Mrs. Potter Smythe. <laughs> Who I get my voice from when I'm on the Lady Mirrors. I'm actually channeling Mrs. Potter Smythe. You rode, you cycled, you canoed, you... Well, who was the bossiest in the end, really? Who had the most... Well, she's the Queen's Guide, isn't she? So. But is she officially a Queen's Guide? I mean, is she by royal appointment? I think she probably was. I wouldn't be at all surprised. She probably got lots of badges, if, if even if she wasn't a Queen's Did Guide. Did you do the Queen's Guide thing? No, of course I didn't. I, I had didn't. about three kept it. Were you a guide at all? Yeah, I was a guide, because I used to use it for shoplifting. I told you the story. <laughs> the uniform was great. I used to go in the uh, off-licence. Mm. In my guide uniform. And uh, the trick was, they had a freezer cabinet. You haven't told me this before. Have I not? Well, no. I'll tell you now. OK. Uh, they had a freezer cabinet at the back of the shop. in the, oh, Actually, yeah. in a back room. So you go in and say, um, I'd like a Mivy, please. Yes. So he'd go to the back room <gasps> to get the ice No, me. Jenny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cancer cider up my um, uniform. Yeah. Best. Up I mean, the your best... uniform? You know what I mean? Down your kind of shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good God. Because they were quite baggy. The, the se- you know yes. when the second wave of the, yes. the guide uniform shirt was not yes. a tuck-in, it was a, a tuck-out. So, yeah, tuck them into the waistband of your skirt. Oh, go out bulging oh, with cider. You were quite naughty, weren't uh, you? And they find, sometimes, you know, I'd give it the long arm, uh, which meant stretching to the back of the shop and, and grabbing <laughs> ten embassy. Six, yeah, six of cider. Well, I'm, I'm both shocked and impressed. But anyway, tell me about your holiday, which was very, very different to mine. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It, I don't think it was that different, Judith, because there was quite a lot of outdoors. And oh. I think, yes, I think you'd have been impressed with Go my on, with my fresh air um, content of my yes. holiday. Well, mm. we went to Cornwall to an Airbnb because um, it was a cheap holiday, and it was just like you know those. Um, wooden bungalows that you get in Cornwall and it's sort of halfway up a little bank of yes, the road. like a big beach hut. Like a big beach hut. Oh, is that what you had? Yeah, it was sort of like a bit scruffy, a bit studenty, and it was painted sort of pink and blue and yellow. Oh, uh, I want it. Well, yes, I did think of you because I just thought, honestly, after a week there, I thought, why do we have stairs in houses? Yeah. Bungalows are the yeah. way forward because, you yeah. know, we're always looking in the, the windows, aren't we, of the estate agents? Oh, terrible. And you always look at the Coastal manor houses and all that yeah. sort of thing with yeah. all the gardens and all. I've started looking at little bungalows. Have you? Well, I don't really want, you know, I, yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't yeah. do it full time. I really couldn't. But a week. Mm. And it, what was great, it was quite eccentric, really, because the television, which was massive, may I just say, great big fuck off telly. Absolutely what you want on a holiday because, you know, you don't want to talk to your partner, for heaven's sake. Um, <laughs> So great big telly and had all the Netflix and everything Did on. Did it? Had all the Netflix? Everything on. Wow. Yeah. And it was sat on top of an organ. Yes. 
like a proper electric organ, like probably built in the 1970s, wood veneer sit up at like a, a big piano sort of thing, an upright piano, but it Good was an electric organ. Gosh. I didn't know that Jeff had some talent. He used to he used to serenade me. Never. Did he play the organ? Well, very badly, yes, but it sounded like he was auditioning for Britain's Got Talent <laughs> at breakfast. And then guess what? So Phoebe and her boyfriend, Tristram, came. Graced them, graced you with their presence. They graced us with the... Yeah. Uh, well, uh, oh, I've had a saga, of course, oh, with then. the jellyfish sting came back. Oh, yeah. Uh, the return of... Well, what happened? Phoebe had gone to her boyfriend's... Um, if you haven't been listening to this podcast, why not? Uh, Judith and I, uh, some weeks ago, talked about Phoebe being stung by a jellyfish and having an allergic reaction, because she would. And ending up at Lewisham Hospital, that's fine. She was put on an antihistamine drip, and, you know, we got over that. A week later, she's at this wedding, and she suddenly realises that both hands are stiffening up. Oh, my and goodness. And the red stain that had come from the jellyfish st- <clears throat> sting uh, the week previous is reappearing but it's come back on both hands, oh my on the God. hand that wasn't stung as well. And the pain is uh, quite is quite difficult. Yeah. And it's a wedding ceremony. You're not allowed to go, my hands! Oh, quite. During a, a ceremony. Anyway, she waited till the next day and went to Gloucester A&E, where she fortunately saw a very good doctor yeah. who was able to tell her that sometimes if you have an allergic reaction to something, your body, in an attempt to, to kind of balance it out... We'll put some of the allergy into the other side. You're so joking. it's like a butterfly effect. You're joking. Very strange. Anyway, it's it's more or less, it's about three weeks now. Oh, is that coming up? I don't know. But it's it's just a light pink stain now. It's on, on just the one hand and it's not so painful. So that's, that's something. Because you just thought, oh, God, you know, freaky. Anyway, they pitched up. She couldn't do anything. So this is all... Of her <laughs> so this had all happened before they arrived. Yeah, before they arrived, A&E, the day before. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. she she came down absolutely mm. unable to do anything, of course. <laughs> so what's new? Um, so uh, well, I couldn't tell any difference. No, so I'm so exactly. sorry, I can't help. Yeah. I thought, well, when would you? When have you ever? <laughs> do you know what the worst thing was? Uh, I don't know whether I have to ask you this, Judith. Oh no, what are you going to ask me? Have you ever farted in front of? Um, you know, last week we did Shreddy's fart pants. Yes. Well, I could have done with some. Have you ever farted in front of either of your daughter's boyfriend stroke husbands? <laughs> Out loud. Well, no. Really? No, I, you didn't. Well. You didn't, I Jenny. For, I, I forgot they were in the car. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> they were in the car. Not even, uh, not even somewhere where you could waft a bit of air in. No, we stopped without. We'd got back, and then, you know when you're tired after a long day, <laughs> and you sometimes sit there in the car thinking, I can't be bothered to get out, and I just put my feet up on the dashboard, and I just went <laughs> like that. Now I, I don't blush very easily, but I went and I just said, and they were there in the back. I said, Did you hear that? <laughs> And Tristan said, what? <laughs> Did he? Bless and him. And they Bless both him. pretended they hadn't Bless heard. Bless him. Listen, I mean, honestly, I heard it and I'm as deaf as a post. So they must have been doing something Did you in the, the back window? of the car. Did you put the window no, We down? were getting out then. We were sort of, but oh, I, I just lucky. thought they're either pretending, <laughs> but then Phoebe would have told me if she'd heard uh, it. Oh, dear. And I heard that. But anyway, I think I got oh. away with it. <laughs> but I will... I'm going because it's Jeff's birthday this weekend, so they're coming over again. So I'll see if you know. I'll give it another go. 
Exactly. Anyway, I oh, had dear. one of the best holidays of my life. Moments of bliss, Judith. Go on. Now, you had some on mm. your Drodoy holiday. I did, I did, g- g- I did. Conjure me up a moment without putting me back in that pitch with your pants. <laughs> That's difficult. That that because most of it is around that. No, okay, being in a canoe, yeah, just catching, knowing that that you know that the water's just caught you, and taking you somewhere, no control, but, but feeling safe. What have you got in your peripheral vision? Peripheral. Yeah. All right. I had a swig of cocoa at the same time. Um. Oh, gorgeous. You know, blue sky. Yeah. Maybe the odd kingfisher. <gasps> yes. Yeah, so, so loads of kingfishers. Oh. Yeah. So lots of the, those are know. moments of bliss. I will yes, give you king. Fisher yeah, yeah, yeah. equals moments yeah, of bliss. Definitely. Go on then. Yeah. So, what, so tell me what well, yours were. Uh, the same sort of thing, really. Blue skies um, and going to places which I love. I love St Ives. I love the little cafe that's um, at the base of the uh, Tate St Ives um, art gallery. I like the... Um, you, uh, we always go to the Barbara Hepworth uh, sculpture garden. But the best sculpture garden, right? Judith and I think that you might have seen something quite similar you know when you said you went to the Yorkshire Sculpture Garden yeah and you really loved it did you see something called a skyscape no I didn't okay there is one at the Yorkshire Sculpture Park but there's in the Cornish Sculpture Park of Tremaheen yeah Ooh, well uh, pronounced I've no idea where that's <laughs> so there's this bloke Judith called James Turrell yeah and he does these things called skyscapes and he's done over 80 of them all around the world and I want to collect them all. I want you to write a pitch, right, for the two of us to have a television show where we go round the world, yeah, right? Yeah, liking it so far. Finding James Turrell skyscapes. And what they are, they're enclosed spaces. They might be, this one in the Cornish Garden was a, a stone little round um, area for about... Oh, they're permanent? Yeah, well, they can, yes, they can be. Oh. Uh, a, a stone round rotunda with a lid on it, with a ceiling. And then there's an ellipse cut out of the ceiling. So you sit, there's room for about 15 people to sit inside. Yeah, yeah. And you just look at this hole in the sky. Oh. And you look at the sky in a way that you've never looked. Because you've got little bits of it. You've got one sky. specific dollop yes. of it. And it just makes you go, oh, I am looking at the soul of the universe. There's a touch of the witch in you there for a minute, wasn't there? Oh, that's my nose. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have witch qualities. And I had this moment, Judith, where my heart felt like it might burst. If I'd seen a kingfish on top of it, I'd have wet my pants. Wow. Wow. And I know there's one in um, the Yorkshire Sculpture Park because I've done quite a lot of research. You have already. You've done some research. He's he's got this volcano in Arizona where he's making loads of them. It's not open to the public because obviously it's really dangerous. I wonder what he's like. If he's interesting, it might be a Oh, he looks like a country and western star. Does he? I fancy him. Hey, we've got a guest coming in. I know. Hey, we've got the, we've got oh we've got Callie Beaton now. Callie Beaton's interesting. Okay, well she comes from a similar background to you, television. Yes, I want to talk to her about that. Yes, and then started doing stand up at yes. the age of forty five. Yeah, very good. Okay. But the thing, it's about invisibility, isn't it? Of which we know quite a lot, or I do. Yes, I've had some. I've had some. Um, experiences of that, I have to say. Uh, this morning share. I was on, you know, when I had my difficult yes. journey. Yeah. One of the reasons why I threw the towel in was uh, a woman came up to me on the platform for the delayed, the delayed and the then cancelled yes. train to Clapham Junction. She went, my friends and I think we recognise you. I went, oh. And she said, were you on Bake Off? <laughs> right. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Play the my funky music, white boy. Lay down a boogie and play the funky music tonight. Oh, oh, Jenny. She gets so bored of me, her Cali Beach. And thank God someone else, someone fresh has walked into the room because Judith has started rolling her eyes. I'm starting to despair. I've never heard anything like it. We've seen each other already this week, you see. Sometimes we have to separate and be apart for a while so we're really nice to each other in the podcast. Sorry, yesterday. Oh, no. So it's going to be a jaded atmosphere yes, of despair. Jaded, Sick yes. of the yes, sight of yes. each other. So thank goodness for you, Callie Beaton, coming in like a Fresh ray. blood. I'm going to bring levity to the occasion. Oh, right. Yes. Levity. You bought, you bought lovely hair and a lovely top. Thank you very much. And you've already offered shows your pedenda. Yes. Well, Sorry. You started, you started it, didn't you? You I, asked if my hair was real. Yes. yes. I'm talking about the colour. I know that the actual hair on your head is real. Yes, no, but the colour, one proves the colour as a redhead by revealing other bits of red hair. Well, have you still so got it, any? Of course I All have. All ours has fallen out. <laughs> well, we could all do a line-up and, and tweet it and twat it, couldn't well, we? You, you, oh, Callie, don't. People will be turning <laughs> off and... Sw- oh, retching. I, she's only said that because she's confident in her lovely, fiery yeah, ginger bush. Oh, I've got, I've got fiery know. nethers like you've never even heard of. <laughs> so, so still fiery, just... not gone grey at all? No, no grey down there. Are you no grey on top either? I've got some white coming through, so okay. I get the odd sort of white, pubic, textured hair coming through on top. So, so what are you going to do about Are you taking those out one by one yeah, at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all I've got. I haven't got time to write or eat. I'm just doing that it's all the time. It's a full-time job. Oh, yeah. Are they coming so, out of the face yet? Uh, no, but I do, I, I, um, I'm not averse to a bit of... Um, we've gone straight in, haven't we? A bit <laughs> of facial depilating, uh, should the need... Explain like, further well, you know what sort you, of depilation... Well, you know you get the peach fuzzy fuzz. Oh, no, I know, yeah, I know why you know you're doing fuzz. it. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, I know. Um, so What's your method? Just a sort of like a cream that's for bikini line and face. Oh. Oh, yeah. I never had to do I'm relatively hairless. Yeah. I no, am no skin of jellyfish. It's, well, no, there's, there's things that... It's beautiful. I mean, it's it, alabaster, beautiful no, skin. it's marbled. It's marbled no. with a grey blue. Alabaster. Oh, if I... Yeah. I'd show, listen, can I tell you something awful that happened to me uh, yesterday? That I fell off... Um, the treadmill at the gym, mm. right? Uh, That's a way of saying she was on the treadmill was, to start. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we saw what happened there. Right. Beaten as, as, in case you didn't know, she's a stand-up and she's already beating me. Uh, so I'm at the gym and I, I have it on a jog thing because... That's what they tell you to do, and it was going too fast. Not even a brisk walk, a jog. I've got, I've got. I'm depressed. Go on, okay, then. Okay, so I'm jogging. Yeah, yeah. Living yeah, your yeah, best yeah. life. Oh, 
Yeah, absolutely hating every fucking second of it. And then I realise it's going too fast for me. It's going too fast for me. And I can't get the oh, thing to go down quick God. enough. So I try and jump off. I try and jump on the side and I mistime it. And I do, <laughs> the next thing I do, I hear myself going, help, like that. And I fall off the treadmill. And then... Oh, wait a minute, did you shoot off or fall off? I thought I fell. I oh, you were, you, it didn't sort of like shoot you no, off? No, like a meme? No, it wasn't no. going that fast. Not like, a, right. not like a speeding train I, I, oh, I just off. fell off the fucker, all okay. right. Okay, and then I'm walking, limping home, right, because I broke some skin on my knee. Oh, I, Jenny, I bump into this, this woman that I used to go to an art class with. Oh, yeah. And I said to her, oh, Paige, I said, I felt I've had an accident, I fell off the treadmill. And I showed her my knee, right, and she went, oh, Christ, it's really badly swollen. Like, no, it's not. It's not Paige. That's, that's what my knee looks like. She was I've looking at the got, wrong bit of your knee. She, she was looking at the just, wrong bit I've of your leg. Big knees, right? really, really big. I think you're lovely from head to toe. Well, I think you're very we all need kind. to calm down about your. Yeah, but <laughs> anyway, so but bad knees. But so you've got still ginger. I've got knees as well. She's got good yeah, knees. Yeah. And still ginger. And 50? 50, yes. Yeah. 50, 50 and a half. Ah. Yes. Ah, okay. Did you so start your March birthday? March birthday, yes. St. Are Patrick's you, Day. Are you, oh, you're a day after me. I'm ah. March the 16th. You're Pisces. Two Pisces together. You're in trouble now. Let's, yeah. see, <laughs> let's yeah. see who cries first. Exactly. It'll be me. It's always me. How, yeah. how lovely to be 50. See, I'm so much older than how you. How much older are you? 64. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really old. Looking mighty fine, oh, Judith. Well, though I do say you. so myself. But 50's a good age, isn't it? Still God, I'm sounding such like such an old granny, aren't I? Oh, it's such a good age. 50. I think fifty. Do you know? I do really think it is a. Good, I think it was when it was looming. Mm. Yeah, it felt like sort of there were things that should have been achieved, like um, it's a tick off. Well, yeah, I sort of thought, oh well, I should have really managed to find a, another human who loves me unconditionally, okay. who I didn't give birth to. Yeah, uh, that felt like a priority. And uh, then and then I sort of thought there'd be some sort of curfew where any capacity to attract anyone or live a life might just stop. And then when I had my 50th, I was like, oh, oh, the pressure's gone now. What's the rush I can do? So I feel, I've been feeling really... Liberated. Nauseatingly good since I turned 50. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite annoying. But yes, I do feel good. So you have you have children, but you, and you, are you divorced? Uh, never married, but I split up with my kids. Never been a fan of marriage, but split up with my kids' dad when they were little, when they were three and five, and they're now 22 and 19. So, long, so quite a long time. Long time single mumming. Oh, well, yeah. I was going to say long time sort of maybe shagging about oh definitely shagging about okay. as well yeah that's yeah lots of okay. shagging about and that's got easier now the kids have left time well the one's come back now oh. why do Crap they do your that style. someone said to me there's only one thing worse than them leaving home that's if one of them bloody comes back and yeah, well, he's, 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 yeah. because you live in London they're not going oh, to leave they can't afford it and he's always trying to put curfews on he's like well what time are you going to be back and, mate, and if you smoke any weed remember it's stronger than it used to be when you were young and I'm like alright <laughs> pipe down oh love. bless him how so old I, yeah he's, he's 22 That's my. he's my autistic zookeeping son so um, I've only got one of those okay uh, and you might not have heard much about those before. no I want to yeah. know about what yeah. it's like to have an autistic zookeeping yeah. son uh, it's um, there's a lot of detail uh, about zoos uh, so if you want to is know it, anything can about, we just ask yeah. is, does he work for a proper zoo yeah so he works uh, part of the time at London Zoo and he works part of the time at uh, Shuttleworth which is the place where he studied so he did a degree which was also uh, vocational training as well as being a, a foundation degree and they, they have a zoo on site that works on breeding 
between programs with other zoos in the UK. So yeah, he does. Um, he works across two sites. What's his speciality? Uh, primates. Wise. Yeah, primates. Yeah, I know what they are. They're yeah, monkeys yeah. Um, he's a big fan of the bonobo ape. Okay. Uh, Is that the, the shiny ones? ones? That's the, they're the sexy ones. They don't. They they solve everything by shagging, much like we do, probably. So that he he don't likes look the at us. Bono- <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not a shagger. No. I used to be a shagger. Yeah, I, I shagged myself you out. You put in the hard yards. Yeah, and then by I think, <laughs> late forties, early fifties, yeah. gone. Tell us about your transition from. God, that sounds yes, exciting. It does. I was like, how professional. Who did your research? Did, uh, I haven't transitioned d- from being a TV producer into being a stand-up comic. Yes. So I, uh, yes, yeah, so I started working in television when I was still at uni. Yeah. And then I ended up working on the comedy side of telly for years. So I saw, I saw the sort of ha- I, I saw lots of stand-ups over the years from the open mic stage yeah. breaking through. So I sort of saw the trajectory and brilliant as well. I worked for Viacom, who own lots of other bits as well, like M- MTV, Paramount, Nickelodeon. Um, but Comedy Central was always my sort of heartland. I yeah. love. So you're Comedy earning Central. very good money. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not bad money. And I always think with it's funny, isn't it? You get the things you don't give a shit about in life. So I've never cared about money or status. It doesn't blow my skirt up at all. Yet you find yourself in a position. With I like those that phrase. Things. Can we use that? Yes, phrase? I did too. You see, Judith and I just gave each other a look as if we're, we're, having, we're that. having that. That blows yeah. my skirt that up. That could be the next podcast. Blow my skirt up. Blow my skirt up. <laughs> so, I've, I've yes. written that down. Have you? Good. Yes. Okay. Does she often write things down? Yeah. yeah. It's okay. called copying. I won't feel. Uh, no, I felt honoured, but now you're saying she does it for everyone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> felt special. So, um, right, you're doing yes, all this. It's a proper that. career. Proper career. Um, and I always used to do other things um, on the side. Which sounds so. I, I always worked for them four days a week and still had a fifth day to do other things. So over the years, I dabbled in being a coach and a therapist, and so I was Ooh, always a bit you? sort How of. I was always a bit inquisitive. Why about, did you do that? I think for sanity. When I was at, I was at um, Carlton Television uh, <gasps> when it mer- merged oh, yes, with Granada, I and then. I was on the. I was um, at the, in the sort of senior tier at Carlton, and it was a, a bit of a blood, a sort of um, yeah, bloodbath. The merger. Yeah. And I'd gone into a job uh, from the creative side coming up through. I ran a production company that got bought by Carlton. So I was all about ideas and people and being quite pragmatic and mm-hmm. fleet of foot and just doing stuff. And suddenly I was in a kind of really quite toxic boardroom environment. Mm. So I started getting involved. I did some um, neuro-linguistic programming sort of courses, really, because I could get I could get Carlton to pay you for them. You sound like Judith. She does <laughs> courses and things. I love a course. And, um, and it was nice. And it was in a barn near Henley and nice food. And, and away from the kids sort of for a couple of yes. nights at a time. I see where you were coming so, from So, yeah, there. and it was paid for mainly, yes. and it got me out of the, the boardroom. Office. Yeah, it got me out yes. of the boardroom. And it helped me. So I did it for reasons of sanity, I think. And I was also splitting up with my kid's dad at that point. So I was in this kind of corporate hellhole and mm. things were tough domestically and I think it was the nearest I could get to getting the company to pay for therapy so I've always done other things on the side whatever they've been and they might have been for money and they might have not been but they they've I've always, saying, I've, I've, yes I've always had a I've always thought the job and the title and the money was borrowed and I knew it wouldn't last forever either by my design or their design. So yeah. I always thought, I know I'm drinking from this cup now. Wow. A, I need to sort of remember that the money that I'm getting now is an enormous privilege and I won't have this forever. So I'm going to be sensible. You did you put some so away? I did, did put some away. away? And, I, and also I was the sole breadwinner for my, you know, for yep. my kids for two decades. So I wasn't mucking around with the yeah. earning money thing. So I was quite sensible and I never thought that was me, if that makes sense. I thought it was a thing I did that I loved. But some people I think 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 that they're they are the status they've been loaned by the company they're in. So my identity was always sort of 
quite mixed up across different things I did. And then I, I got to know lots of on-screen talent when I worked for Comedy Central. Um, and I was more the boring sort of business voice of it. So we'd be in Cannes at the TV festivals and we'd have whichever on-screen talent fly in to do events to get our our kind of pissed TV executive clients at events to invest. And I would do the intros. So I was meant to do sort of businessy kind of, you know, here are the mm. corporate messages for Viacom and here's our... Our person coming the stuff to that make you laugh. To. Yeah, the stuff that when they're pissed yeah. and it's in canon, yeah. they've yeah. had seventeen yeah. meetings. They're like, they just, "Oh, shut up, love. Yeah, we exactly. just want to see." Yeah. So I would obviously f- sort of freestyle through that, but increasingly, so I became sort of five ten minutes sort of fluffer for oh, whoever would so come. So you became the entertaining. I, well, I became the sort of just. I just tried to keep the room enough with me that yes. by the time the poor sod who had to make them laugh came on, I yeah. hadn't killed everything, and. Um, Joan Rivers uh, came on a couple of those with me and I got to know her quite well, which was an enormous privilege because I'd grown up just... She was probably thinking back to it. One of the people who made me just think... Yeah, women are funny. Mm-hmm. You know, that generation of, uh, of women, the sort of precursors to, to, to your generation, which yeah. also for people who grew up over here, made us go, oh, yeah, women are just funny. So she was right up there as a sort of icon for me. And, and I hadn't thought of her as the sort of archetypal feminist, which, of course, is what she, she kind of is and was in many mm-hmm. ways, not what people think of when they think of her material. So she was actually a very inspirational person to spend time with. And she said to me on the second of our sort of trips together, she said, Kelly, you should, you know, why don't you do stand up? Because what you do for me is sort of like five minutes warm up I said Joan you know I'm 45 I've got two kids one of them's got special needs I've got a massive day job the ship sailed and she said Kelly I'm 81 you're going to look back at being 45 and say you know, I was in the thick of it. What mm-hmm. held me back? So it took it, and she died soon after. Not not connected, possibly. But she, um, but I was so so. It was literally it was somebody that much older who I admired. Mm-hmm. So you've got make, forty years. So and, yeah, and because because actually at forty five you do think you're old, and then at, and then at fifty you're like crikey, forty five. What wouldn't I give? Yeah. I'm now fully aware that you're saying it's sort of half jokingly, but yes, you'll mm-hmm. be like, what wouldn't we give to be fifty again? So while I'm 50, I'm trying to feel like that instead of waiting for nostalgia mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. kick in. So, yeah, so she was... Um, and I'd always sort of toyed with it. And I think I always knew I'd have loved to do it. But I thought, oh, if I'd had my chance, I'd have done stand-up. Yeah. And it took her to say, well, maybe your yeah, chance hasn't gone. Chance grab now. it now. Okay. So, so that's how I got into it. And, um, and actually, it, it's a bit of a mixed thing, I think, getting into it at this age. Because on the one hand... Well, I wrote that you know that piece in the Guardian about ageism in 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 comedy, but I think that's more in the industry rather but you, than but on you're stage. You're quite positive about the live cabaret. Well, we used to call it the cabaret scene, but it's you know live stand-up live circuit. circuit. Yeah. You said that that's pretty fair. I think I think it's it it's got to be a meritocracy to a degree because, as we know and you know. You've got to keep the punters happy. Yeah, if there are people who are fairly reliably going to keep the punters happy, I think all all promoters actually do want a diverse bill, whether or not they're PC, because they know that's what the punters want. The punters don't want four young men well, with beards. Well, the, the audiences have changed. Yeah. The audience now are, are, are more woke. They, they yeah. expect a diverse yeah. bill. I mean, 20, 30 years ago, nobody knew that you could have a mixed bill. They tried to do it mixed in a way, but it was all men. Um, so they'd have to, it was, you'd have a juggler, you'd have a poet, you'd have uh, somebody who was very laid back and you'd have somebody who was very swearing, very mm. loud. So they'd mix the bill like mm. that, but they never thought in terms of uh, gender ethnicity. or ethnicity. Yeah. yeah. So that things have changed enormously. <clears throat> yeah, I think they have. And actually, I think people, I think the comedy industry gets a, gets a bit of a hard rap for, um, for, not being positive towards women because my experience is actually 
much as I think being an older woman holds me back in certain ways, in certain parts of what I'm trying to do, actually, if anything, and this will or won't be a popular thing to say, but I think it's true, because I am a middle-aged woman who's funny, I think I get some really reliable bookings because there aren't loads of me to yeah. book. Yeah. So if I'm honest, I think possibly I get might good gigs. I think it might be an yeah. advantage. Where, yeah. where do you feel it's not an advantage? Was it, it, did you Te- write telly, something out yeah. of the telly industry? Telly did you say? Did you write something during Edinburgh about not being reviewed yes. as much as... Was is, was that to do with where you were, what you were doing? I was at the... No, that was interesting. I was at the Assembly, um, George Square, which is, you know, it's one of the best venues. Yeah. So um, I had, uh, I think, an interesting angle you know that what the show is about and I know we'll talk about that and I think um, I know it was really hard I was with one of the best publicists in the country and I know that they they massively struggled to get me any um, any attention and there's a sort of I think it's become um, having worked in the industry for a long time and I've gone to Edinburgh from the other side for years so you do know know, all sides of the business I do um, and I'm also willing to accept where I'm at you know I'm doing if this is if I'm trying to become a plumber I'm still doing my apprenticeship I'm still trying to redo a toilet I can't do central heating for the whole house that's fine that's where I'm at I've been doing it for 40 years (laughs) we're all learning yeah I can't I can't do the whole house (laughs) I bet you can do two floors though and a a drafty annex Um, but I'm yeah I'm still stuck out in the I'm in the outbuilding with with the with the toilet but um so I'm, I'm aware of where I'm at and, and it's not about thinking I should in any way be leapfrogging my peers but I would like it to be a level playing, playing field, field with and other people who've also with my, for yeah. whom this is also their second or third Edinburgh. exactly so okay. yeah so I've got you uh, and so so um I was kind of frustrated that I just couldn't get the reviewers in and I kept thinking I'd rather be slammed by the Scotsman mm-hmm. than not have them in we say that until you till they do it <laughs> yeah and, well and what happened and in the end you're sort of sitting there and I thought well, I've always been entrepreneurial I've always just made things happen mm-hmm. and and in the end, I, I wrote an industry piece for Chortle, um, yeah. which some listeners will, will know. But as you know, it's one of the things that we all, it's, it's sort of in the comedy world, sort of... Well, comedy website. Comedy website, comedy website, yeah. And, and it is looked at by punters as well. So I wrote a piece for Chortle saying, you know, no one's reviewing me, thinking, mm-hmm. well, at least now Chortle have to bloody review me because they've published the piece. And then luckily, um, that there was an Ageism Britain report commissioned by, I think it was by Sun Life, and it talks about people over 50 and the discrimination that they face so on the back of that I was able to go to the Guardian and again I don't have contacts in these places I emailed the opinions desk like anybody else would sitting on their couch and I just emailed them and said look I've written this trade piece I'm in Edinburgh and you've just commissioned this there's been this bit you've done a lot of coverage of so So I'd like to write a piece yeah let me let me so they did you know they they commissioned it by the next day I'd written it and put it out there and and yeah my, my sort of thesis is that I'm not complaining about where I'm at on the live circuit I think I've got a lot of privilege and luck and good fortune on it and and long may it last. Um, but I didn't but get the reviews. But you'd like that to be able to work its way into the more into the radio and the telly. Yes. And the, I've got Yeah, you. and I've, I've done... You. And then on the telly side, um, it's interesting Do because... you know what, though? You've done more telly um, quiz shows than I have. Well, I've only done QI. That's oh, it. me too. Yeah, I've only done QI. And that's the hardest one, right? So if we can do that, we should be doing all of them. But I think... But QI is dead easy, really. Well, don't tell everyone that. Let's pretend... <laughs> <laughs> but I've, ne- I've never been asked... To, I don't watch any of the other ones. You know, the only way I can keep myself sane because I you know I mean I'm hold on I'm trying to think I'm 59 and I've been in this I got I started when I was 20 so that's 39 years Mm. Um, and I still get terribly bitter terribly jealous terribly insecure terribly 
I think jealous is actually... It's amazing to hear someone like you say that, because I look at someone like you and think, oh, well, if I could get to anywhere near that level, I would be cock-a-hoop. No. See, it's funny, isn't it? Every level we get to, we're always looking at someone else. Yeah, going, absolutely. Not good enough. Never entirely happy. Yeah. So, you know, don't, don't ever sort of think... Find that... it hard to imagine you would feel like that. Oh, absolutely. There's a, a, a big chunk of your show, uh, which I'd love, we'd love to see. And will you tell us the dates that you're doing Yes, because you're doing about... it again, aren't you? I'm doing it, yes. yes, I'm confirming... What's it called? Uh, Invisible is okay. the show. So at the moment, there's not a lot. I'm doing a cu- I've got a couple of shows um, lined up um, in London. Uh, I've got one this Friday, and then I've got one at chicken shed next month but I haven't worked out yet if I'm going to be doing like a Soho theatre run that's all being discussed yeah um, and I will be doing a couple of the other festivals like Harlan and Leicester and some of the non um, you know non-London and Edinburgh based ones do you have a website so I've got Can a be- website callybeaton.com and as dates get confirmed it'll all be on there okay um, so um, so yes and and the show um, it, well the show was inspired by um, as I'm sure you were well aware when it happened was in January when that French guy uh, Yann Moir yeah. said the stuff about a woman at 50 being invisible and unlovable yeah the first thing I thought was you know I had a look at him I was like well thank god you know we're invisible to you mate monsieur and the second bit was it just made me want to challenge the idea of becoming invisible at 50 and the interesting thing was like there's a cutoff date yeah like there's a cutoff date and my first reaction was kind of how very dare he and but then it actually took me a few months of working on the show to work out what I really honestly thought about that not the kind of bravado side yeah. not the kind of overly dismal side I thought what what is my relationship with being 50 and it was actually when I wrote sorry to keep plugging Guardian articles but when I wrote an article for the Guardian about I suddenly realized that I was not an attractive teenager or 20 something I was I was overweight, insecure, ginger. I was quite a troubled person and I didn't So you look... actually have butterflied since? Yes, and okay. I think I definitely only started to be really attractive to people kind of sexually in my 30s and 40s. And I definitely feel, not because I think I'm some kind of, you know... Oh, you know, hot ticket now, but I do You're know quite that... You've kept yourself tidy. Well, I mean, it's it's just rel- relative to me. Yeah. I know I'm better now than I was when I was younger, and that's not relative to anyone else, and it's not... It, it, and actually, it's also about how I feel. You know, that was the nub of what I wrote, was the reason I think... But that's I, your, that I, is I, your truth, and that is yeah, your reality. That's my truth, yeah, and yes. I feel like I value myself now, and I never did. I always thought, oh, God, no one could love me and look at me, and oh, I felt awful about myself, okay. and now I kind of feel much more at ease with myself, and I think that just comes across. So it's not in any way a, a sort of smug thing, objectively, about whether I am or I'm not attractive. I feel more attractive to myself. But, but it good sounds like you. your show is actually a very positive take on it which actually is am i right it yes it's like, definitely which is great it's it what it is is it's it, it's not a sort of um mindlessly gleeful look at it because it's bloody hard as well so it's not redemptive yeah. and i the show also talks about some pretty dark things that have happened and that i think and i feel but at the end of the day what it's actually about is not is the fact that nobody likes to be underestimated and nothing should be assumed based on age or gender about any of us. So it's about, for me, it's about subverting any social expectation and how dare anybody say a woman at 50 is like anything because how on earth could that be the case? So for me, it's for much... Every for every single... every woman. Yeah. Woman over 50 yeah. in I the whole I think this should be our world. anthem. This should so be our motto. Yeah. Yes, so, so if you can put wow. that um, to some music... Yes, I will. That's not a problem. And then yeah. we'll change yeah. our theme tune. Yeah, brilliant. 
you can yeah and we'll call it blow my skirt up um, blow my skirt right up over my ears exactly and god yeah amen to that well, so, yes. well I'd love to come and see your show I, I we're going to be checking in. your website out yes I'll we'll, definitely um, and it will be updated with all the sort of next days it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure to see oh, you and so to lovely you. to meet you it both. really has yeah, thank you it's our very great pleasure thank you very much Carly Beaton for coming in and being our friend today thanks for having me If you enjoy Older and Wider and would like to support the podcast, please like, subscribe and share. Tell your friends about it. We need some more subscribers and reviews. You find us on iTunes. Mind you, if you're not listening to this, you know... It's kind of fighting a losing battle. No, it's not. Come on. You can email the show at olderwiderpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, should you fancy that, at Jenny Eclair. And me on Grey uh, at Grey Pride UK. I never know what my Twitter handle is. Is that what it's called, a Twitter handle? Thank Whenever you, you see Grey, you say Grey Pride. I always imagine he was a big proud squirrel, <laughs> big proud grey squirrel, Do you? sitting there proudly, yes, busying away. Yeah, with a nut, a great nut. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to take that. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.